and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Service Monster Podcast. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about employee and internal communications today. We'll go through some uh, features within Service Monster to make that easier. Well, it's a lot topic on a, a lot of the boards general, right? How do we get new employees in? How do we get them trained, SOPs? And then once they're in, how does the whole machine work? We've done a couple recent podcasts, actually back to back on hiring employees and training employees and the process that you go through that through that. So I would encourage you to go through those. We are no longer operating under our grandfather's employee manual. If you're one of those individuals who is more complaining than blaming yourself for not being able to find employees, know that everybody's in the same boat. As Brandon Vaughn said when we did his um, podcast talking about his uh, March to Million, uh, the new service businesses he's growing and then broadcasting on YouTube for you guys to watch. He's got to find employees too, right? So every service company out there is going through this and there are plenty out there that are winning and taking advantage of the situation. If you don't think there's an advantage here, then maybe some introspection is required and you should kind of figure out how do I restructure my company? It's not always all about pay, although that's a big part of it. Um, But we talk about all that in those previous two videos. So go watch those. Today, though, we want to talk about the oiling of the machine. How do we make sure the technicians get what they need while they're out in the field? The office people have what they need when they're dealing with clients on the phone, whether they're angry or, or their leads that need to be followed up with or, you know, how, how does that whole thing work specifically with Service Monster? Uh, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to touch on some mobile and uh, SM6 releases. Um, We'll give you guys a little peek behind the scenes related to how we develop things, some new features that we have on the docket and encouraging you to continually suggest your own features, especially when they match up with what we already have in the backlog. It helps us determine what should the next priority be. So we'll talk about all of that. But Adam, before we get started with all of that, what do we want to focus on today? Yeah. So like uh, Joe mentioned, we're talking employee communications and that that can entail a lot of different things, right? It can be direct communication with the employee. Like if there's a change to their the, to their schedule or something like that, they need to be aware of. Um, it can be assigning tasks and things like that to do. And it can also be communication to yourself, right? It's a big part of what CRMs are all about is you're you're taking those notes for future visits, right? So you're, you're constantly becoming more and more of the expert for that client. And if you're not taking those notes, well, then you're based on memory. And some of you guys have excellent memories for sure. I mean, you can tell like some of the olden days, like service masters were just like, they remembered every little detail. Like they knew the name of your cats, your dogs, so forth. Well, now you have CRMs to help you guys with that. So you don't have to necessarily rely on your, your memory, which, you know, tends to fade as you guys get older. Um, just I'm totally kidding. Totally kidding. Um, but yeah, so... Luckily for all of you guys, you're not going to get to listen to me and Joe for a little bit. We got uh, Mary on to actually, we're going to kind of go through and and show some of the the things on a deep dive here in Service Monster and how you can utilize them and why it's, it's valuable to maybe use those. So Mary, why don't you uh, kind of take it away? Awesome. Totally. We have a ton of different options when it comes to where and how you can store information for you and your team. So we're actually starting off here looking at our schedule, which I know for many of you is kind of a hub where you go to to start your day and get going. And the first thing, one of our recent updates with this is if I click on any of my appointments on the schedule, 
course, opens them up in our sidebar. And now we have I believe pretty much all of our note types available right here where you can easily see them. So here I can see any of my technician and admin appointment notes. I can see my account memo, my order memo, and any site notes right from here. I can also edit them and add them in right from here. So this is a super handy one-stop uh, location now for all of those notes, which again, just you know, makes that communication factor all the more easier. But kind of digging into each of these different note types, the first one I want to take note of is the account memo. So I'm hopping over to an account page here. This is what I can see right at the top here of the details page, or if I'm looking at the overview, it's right here in the corner. And if I open up my quick ad, this is kind of what I'm gonna see right away when I open up this account in the quick ad, I can see that note that I've already added in on them. So this is perfect if that you have any piece of information about this client or about this account that you want to see right away when you look them up in the system, when you're getting ready to book with them. It could be information about previous times that you've worked with them, maybe like VIP client, super great to work with, or hey, let's not work with this person anymore. Any of those you know, more important high priority notes that you need to see right away when you look them up in the system. That's attached to the account. It is also not client facing. So clients cannot see these notes that are attached to their account. So that's our first one with the account memo. And then we also have our order memo. So hopping onto the order page, kind of in the opposite direction, this is a note that is client facing. This is going to appear on your order form. So this is a great place to put information that you want the client to be aware of that you've taken note of. So say they gave you really specific instructions to, in this case, for my example, I wrote, do not move the antique trunk uh, about the service that you're providing, or you can also, you know, take notes on where you're doing the services, any special instructions that you want them to be aware of that you've passed on to your team when it comes to doing the work. And if I open up my order form, if I'm just using the Service Monster standard order form here, this is going to appear in this note section at the bottom. So it is included on the order form as long as you've typed it out and saved it in this order memo box here. So again, that's a note that will appear on the order form. It is client facing. So that's our order memo. Uh, we also, of course, have our appointment notes. So that's our technician note and our admin note. We can see them here on the sidebar, or if I double click on this appointment to open up its details, I can see them here on this main uh, little card for this appointment. And this is where we can add in notes that you want to share with your team. So the technician note that can be viewed by anybody in the system, regardless of security role, I believe. And that's a great place to put in information that's specific to the technicians to get this appointment done. So um, this can be, you know, giving them those instructions like, hey, don't move the trunk, work around it. Can be adding in, you know, gate code is XYZ, keys under the rug, or anything that that specific team member or the team members for that appointment need to know and need to see. We also have the admin note, which are notes that only those who are administrative security role in the system can see. These are more private. This is a good place to store any information, say, about client technician interactions that happened during the appointment or any uh, information about this appointment that's a bit more private that only your administrative team members need to be able to see. It's also a really good place um, if you have anything that's going on in the background, kind of in the office, like maybe there's a purchase order that's going on or something that there's a secondary step. It doesn't really involve the technicians, but you want to make sure that, you know, those in the office have access to it. It's another good place that you, you can put those. So, Yeah. 
Yeah, then from there, we also have our site notes. So if I open up a site here, these are notes that are attached to a specific site. They can be information about directions. Say, you know, Google Maps takes you like one street over. You can add in directions like, hey, it's actually on this street or it's last house on the left. It's this color, anything that's going to help your team kind of identify the location. Also, just any other important key information. Like for my example, I wrote two large dogs near live nearby and, you know, maybe they'll be curious about the van. So you want to make sure you're closing up all the doors. Well, stuff like that, that just is uh, specific to the site that you're working at. That's going to help your team out. A gate codes, you know, um, any kind of security systems or, or the site note is a really good place for that. Uh, because like Mary said, it travels with the site. So let's say you put in that gate code against the site one time and then a year later, assuming it hasn't changed, of course, uh, they invite you back. Well, all you need to do is identify the site correctly on the work order and then the technician will have access to those site notes automatically. So you don't have to every single time. Now, obviously, in the office, you're going to want to verify that you don't want them showing up and having the code from last year and it's been changed. But um, it does prompt that and sticks with the site like the account note sticks with the account and the order note sticks with the order. The site note sticks with the site and the appointment notes, both admin and tech stick with the appointment. It can also be a really good place to put if you need specialized equipment, like maybe it's a you know, extremely large home, you need to have you know a longer ladder, maybe it's a it's a larger apartment, you know, you have you know extended hose, whatever it might be. A lot of that you guys have already in the vans, but if you need something that's like specialized, that's something it's a really good place to, to keep that. Because if you're only taking that piece of equipment, you know, every 10, 15, 20 trips, yeah, you know, that's something the office staff can kind of be like, oh, by the way, they need this, make sure that, that gets in the van you know, before they they leave and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I did also just want to show really quickly on the mobile app itself what this would look like for your technician. So I have the mobile app here. So if they go up and open up a appointment in this appointment, they can scroll down and see the technician note right from here, the site note, account note and order note. And they can go in and edit those as needed by clicking on the pencil icon. So they're actually all visible right here from the appointment tab itself. But if they do go into, say, the account or the site address, they'll be able to see them from those pages as well. So they are very visible to your team members right from this appointment page. And then one other great form of communication we do have is the activities. So these are, you can kind of think of them as non-billable tasks or a way to communicate within the system or with your team. One easy way to access them is if we're right looking at the homepage here of Service Monster in the in progress, you can see your pending activities. If you click on this, that will take you to the activities page. Here you can see any of your pending activities. So these can be great for scheduling calls if you ever do any marketing uh, or just, you know, reminders for your team. Hey, can you pick up this piece of equipment? Hey, can you give this client a call once you've finished work with them? And the other handy thing with these is the they can also be scheduled and they can be assigned to specific employees. So actually, if I hop to my schedule here, I can see that I have one scheduled right down here at the bottom. They'll appear as an activity on the schedule. And if I double click on this, I can open it up to see it. I can see everyone that it's been assigned to. 
And then if I hop back over to my mobile app here, I can see my technician has that activity assigned to them. So they have their appointments and their activity. And as they scroll down, they can see that note or that call or whatever has been assigned for them to see and to do. So that's yeah, just another. Go ahead. I was just going to say, that's just like another handy tool that you have when it comes to communication. Yeah. And, and it can get pretty deep, too. I mean, you can use activities for a number of things. Remind yourself to pick up milk, uh, tasks around the office that need to get done. Maybe you're putting things together for marketing and you want to put together a marketing calendar. You can use it for meetings. Right. So everybody in your team needs to have a meeting. You can uh, identify activities and that way everybody sees it as part of their normal workflow. Another thing that people use this for regularly is just blocking off schedules for, you know, events and time off. Someone calls in sick and you have to rearrange your schedule. You can certainly throw an activity down uh, so that you understand what happened when you go back in history and look at them. Um, they're big in the sales arena. You want to create your follow up activities or call activities. Um, our marketing campaigns will also generate activities for you if you're identifying something like a call campaign and you want to make a number of calls based off some filters in your database. It will generate all those call activities for you. So activities are kind of the unsung hero of Service Monster. You can get a lot done with them. They're very flexible. You can use them for a multitude of reasons. Um, and if you're not leveraging activities within Service Monster in your business, and there's an area there that that can really help in a number of ways that we may not even be able to conceive of right now. It's always impressive how business owners take these tools that we build. And Adam and I spend days and hours and, and months on whiteboards trying to figure out how we want you to use it. And then you come, you crack the code and you use it in a completely different way that we didn't even whiteboard. And we go, oh, that's pretty cool, actually. Right. So, um, so activities are, are, are a very robust section of the application that don't necessarily get used as often as some of the other more prevalent features like scheduling and invoicing. Yeah. And like Joe said, you can, you can take them as kind of deep as you want. You can have just open-ended activities just as like a reminder that doesn't really get assigned to anybody. It's just sort of a general office one, or, you know, you can get much more in depth. You can have sort of deadlines, you're tracking priorities and such like that. Um, Joe mentioned the sales process. I think Mary, were you, you, you going to show the, the leads that might, might stealing your thunder here a little bit? Yeah. I just opened that. I was, okay. Joe brought it up and I was like, Oh, perfect. Yeah. Uh, with, if, do you go want to it. go for it? All you, all you. That was a great segue. <laughs> yeah. With the lead list, if you use the lead system within Service Monster, as you're going through and communicating with your client, you'll perhaps make activities for them from the lead sheet itself. You can do that in the activity tab. If you do do that and you're assigning them due dates, you can actually filter the lead sheet by when that next activity is due. So you can kind of use that to keep track of, okay, these are the people I'm contacting in this order. Yeah, if you're if you have a like kind of an ongoing sales process and your lead sh uh, list is full every day, if you're if you're setting that activity, and again it's that lead note activity that sort of gets pre-assigned. If you're setting that activity, you know, an an a due date, you know, two or three days, whatever, you just keep that list rolling until you close or you know close out the lead for whatever reason. That gives you your up to date priority list right there, and so. Um, it's all kind of going to depend on what your you know purpose of being in the system is. But if you're if you're working the lead list like that, then boom, you've got your list. It's a great way to make sure nothing's falling through the cracks. 
And and just for sake of completeness, of course, um, as part of the lead process flow with just the lead list, this is great. Um, and it's but it's very transactional, right? You're kind of assuming that you've got maybe one or two follow ups as part of a normal workflow and that you're generally going to book on, you know, the call. Um, if you have something a little more complex, so you're working with, let's say, commercial clients and and you're really escorting, you know, you're courting them through the process you know, of introduction, greeting, qualifying, pitch and close. Maybe you've got some direct mail to go with it, with this whole process, trying to close these higher value leads. The Kanban board is where you're going to want to go there. Um, I don't know if that was going to be part of your uh, spiel there, Mary. Well, not exactly, but we can easily open this up. This is another great tool, especially for the sales side of things when it comes to tracking your communication that you do have, um, especially with clients or within your team, because different team members, they can open them up and look at them. If you have, you know, multiple sales members that are, you know, tracking these clients as you're going through the progress of getting the sale. Yeah. Yeah. And and from those um, Kanban activities or those Kanban records, uh, the the opportunity itself um, you can attach a bunch of activities associated with that. So whether you're making notes or scheduling follow-ups or whatever, like they're all going to be available to you right there. And some of those will be unique to that opportunity. So you can see the ones that are attached to the opportunity, or you can see all of the activities against the individual account. Yeah, when you're in the opportunity, it's basically going to look like a, a like the Facebook wall, like right there, where you can have like in 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 order what you know what's been going on here, what notes been made. You can click into any of those. You can open up the full activity. It's really easy to edit and so forth. But yeah, you can get really deep, really creative with the with the opportunities. We could probably do an entire segment on just that. So. Oh yes, I we probably have. <laughs> we, we we definitely have at least at some level. <laughs> Very good. Anything else that you wanted to dive into there, Mary? One last thing I almost forgot is we also have, so if, say you're, you know, scheduling, have a appointment that gets moved around, that gets canceled or anything. What if the system automatically let your staff know about that? Well, we have that feature. If you hop into our employees and users from the settings and click on any employee that you want to receive text, text or email alerts about their appointments, you can go into the options tab when you're looking on their page. And here you can set up appointment notification preferences. So you can choose if you want them to receive email or text notifications about just their appointment changes or all scheduled changes that happen. So if you want like an easy way to let your team know about a appointment getting moved around or canceled or scheduled in general, this is a great tool that you can utilize that just automates that process for you. I would generally recommend it only sending to ones that they're assigned to. If you're like, you know, if you're like a dispatcher or a team lead and you actually do need to have, then yeah, you're going to be used to being spammed. But it can definitely get spammy if you've got a lot of routes and everyone's being texted or emailed for every single change. So um, just kind of be aware of that. Yeah. And it's a great, it's a great tool. I, um, I have a kind of a test account that I don't use very often and I forget about this and I am wired to receive notifications. So when somebody goes in or I go in, it's like bing, ding, bong, ding, like everything's going off and I'm getting emails and texts on, you know, it's, it certainly works. It's highly effective. Um, if you have a smaller business too, let's say you just went from mom and pop to maybe one or two techs and you just have, you know, a couple things on the schedule, turning that on for yourself is nice because, you know, every time it dings, most likely it's because a new job was just landed. Yeah. And so even if you don't do anything with it, it's just nice to walk around all day with 
bing, got a new job, you know? So, um, you know, that that's fun for owners and operators to receive those notifications and then not have any responsibility for it. Just know right. that it existed. Yeah. There's actually one other really cool thing that I wanted to mention and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of talk and you can drive Mary, uh, but, uh, <laughs> that always very, goes so well. There's a very, very specific, um, activity that's tied to the order itself. And the order activity is interesting because the users who use this uh, have fantastic internal communication. Uh, I wish I could just share some of the things I've seen. Um, but the biggest part of this is if you have an ongoing project or a multi-day appointment, um, or maybe you want to tie the the sales version of it, you know, getting the onsite estimate versus the actual work on board, but you don't want to be tying these notes to the order memo. Because um, remember, Mary already mentioned, you can have these notes attached to the order. They stick with the order um, and everyone can kind of go through there and see that as, as you move through the process. But that is c visible to the customer and not all of you guys are going to want that. So we have sort of a, what I would call internal notes. Now we, we tie it to the activity system. It's just an activity tied to the order, which Mary is, is in an order here and she went to the activities tab. But you can do this on both the mobile app and on desktop. And if you create an activity, it's saved to this order specifically. And you can very easily kind of pass this on through the various technicians who might be involved or each day. And you can sort of turn this into a, you know, a checklist, what's been done, what hasn't been done who should be doing what task on which day, um, things like that. And it's actually relatively new on the mobile app. I think like six months or so ago, we added that for um, anyone above a certain security rule. I'd have to double check the the list on that. But so, so some of them can actually edit it. Some of them can just view it, right? So it's just kind of a difference there. Um, but it's a really good place to take those internal notes that are passed along if you have multiple appointments, because it is the one downside to appointment specific notes. They're tied specifically to that appointment. Right. Whereas, you know, you have one, a tech going out to do one specific purpose. That's what the notes for. So kind of a inside tips and trick. Yeah. Very good. What else do you have, Mary? Is that, is that top it off? I think that's all. Yeah. Yeah. And so obviously we're focused on internal communications here, right? Uh, we've had a podcast on client communications. So being able to get uh, online order approvals or online payments, setting up reminders, notifications and, and uh, appointment confirmations, all completely doable within Service Monster as well through SMS as well as email uh, for details on that. Go see one of those previous podcasts. Yeah, let's, let's talk some Service Monster news. So. There are a few things that we could mention about desktop, um, but you, I think we're going to be better off if we tease it a little bit and we're just, there's going to be some exciting things to talk about on the next podcast. So, so two weeks from today or on probably Thursday, uh, two weeks from now, um, definitely tune in because there's going to be some good stuff. We'll probably get some some nice comments generated <laughs> um, on that, Joe. Um, but yeah, I definitely kind of encourage you guys because there's there, there's some big things that are about to drop. So. On the mobile end, though, we have a ton of stuff to discuss. Um, a release went out uh, a week, 10 days ago. Man, time is an illusion at this point. Um, 
But those release notes are up on our, our website. You know, we started. We originally just had their mobile release notes tied to the mobile stores. So you know, kind of you guys are familiar with that. But they're very limited on what you can kind of show. You're typically only going to be explaining the largest features and bugs and things that are fixed. We post all of the, the the little things and such that you guys can see all the little little bugs or UI tweaks or whatever it might be in there. You can see that on our help site, and so. Um, easy links to that. We'll make sure that that's tied to this podcast too. So if you guys haven't seen that, you have an easy link. Um, what's upcoming though, we have a new build that's 1.4. Um, and there are some really, really fun features that are coming with this. Um, the biggest one is sort of Joe's baby, um, which we're excited to get in, which is going to have a dashboard view. Um, we're just going to start with one page as a starting point. We'll see where that kind of goes based on your guys' feedback. Um, but down kind of on the home and schedule section, there's going to be a section that's just for a dashboard. And it's going to give you guys a lot of KPIs, um, a lot of really important information right there at, at the palm of your, your, your hands, you know, if you're an admin or a manager. So, yeah, or, you know, obviously for the owners too, right? right. Um, or, <clears throat> and how this came about, just so you guys are aware, um, I have a single page dashboard that is on my phone. Um, I I have the luxury of being an engineer, right? So I designed it and developed it myself for Service Monster. And I've been staring at that literally multiple times a day, every single day for the last four and a half years. Um, It's compact. There's a lot of information on there, but it gives me everything I need at a glance for the general KPIs of Service Monster. Um, So I basically replicated that for you uh, and then hand it off to Adam and Ethan for tweaking and and specific implementation for the service providers. Um, So that's my gift to you. The screen that I've been staring at for four years, it's not just adequate. I love this thing. My my, uh, fellow partners who have access to the same dashboard um, have told me that it's addictive, <laughs> right? We have two uh, gentlemen that are co-owners that don't work inside the business at all, but I know they're staring at that screen regularly. So um, I wanted to make sure that you guys had something similar that's benefited me for so long. Uh, lots of information compact into a single screen, um, you know, percentages, you've got a month to date component, you've got a last 30 days component, you have a last 90 days component, you've got uh, you know, I don't talk about every little detail on it, but there is a ton of info and we've given you guys some uh, special widgets like capacity planning and, and so forth that we're doing. So that's probably the the big um, win over the next release, although Adam and Ethan have been working on other ones as well. Yeah, there's uh, what I mean, there Wins a win, right? But there's some smaller wins too. Uh, the funny because Mary was just showing the notes page on mobile. If you have large notes, like if you have a large account memo, a large order memo, and some appointment notes, they can get a little unwieldy on that page. And so one of the big things we worked on was those notes are now uh, collapsible. It's super easy, super clean to expand or collapse them. So in the next building you go in, if you have you know a large amount of notes all kind of on the same page, then um, it, Mary's kind of showing that here when she clicks into an appointment. Um, see how you can get all of these notes in a row, right? And so if there's long notes that are in those, th- most of these notes can fit um, over 2,000 characters. So if you have a large amount of notes in a lot of those, then it becomes a little unwieldy, right? So we're excited to have that. There's also a few other... Um, I'm going to keep it on the down low until we get another release or two in, but there's also another cool um, editing thing we're going to add to the text um, 
or on the mobile uh, devices as well soon as well. Um, an interesting one, we'll talk a little bit more on Smug, but we're adding the route directions. Um, so if you're on the day view, uh, you can actually um, get a, a Google directions for the entire route for that day. So you can hop on uh, the day, you can, um, you know, long press uh, up there on the on, on the route name and it'll it'll actually take you out as, as a link to a google and it'll you know have your entire day right there so we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to the smug post um, there's also some other just really kind of simple things that are gonna make your guys's life simple uh, a, a lot more efficient one of them is we're adding the route um, on the appointment cards sometimes um, it was we, we were told that sometimes with the appointment cards it can be a little unwieldy because you're constantly moving your eyes all over the place and the other big one was the site name a lot of you guys don't necessarily rely on the address it's like if I'm if, I'm, if I was going to Bed Bath & Beyond not not that I would ever go to Bed Bath & Beyond I've, <laughs> 20% off coupons guys they're they're, they're huge no um, but if I was going to Bed Bath & Beyond surfing on 700 thread count yeah <laughs> Listen, my sheets are amazing. No, um, <laughs> if I was going to go to Bed Bath and Beyond, I wouldn't. I wouldn't look at you know. Oh, it's forty three hundred something Meridian, right? You'd have in the site note, hey, it's Bed Bath and Beyond. It's kind of the same thing. You guys are going to apartment buildings or so forth. You don't really care about the address necessarily. You really want to see that site name. So that's also added to the appointment cards as well. Um, there are, there's a really nice quality of life improvement in a lot of places on our text or just like the text field. Um, they have limited a character amount. Sometimes it's 64, sometimes it's 128, sometimes it's huge, like with the notes, right? Um, those restrictions, a lot of times rely on the server. And I don't want to get into too in depth because Joe and I will just, you know, talk about stuff that you guys probably don't really care about, but we've updated that so that you get that warning, you know, you just bump up to the end and that's it. Uh, Cause it's super annoying. If you've typed a really long note and you hit save, it's like, Oh, it's too long. And you're like, well, well, the words, thanks for letting me type yeah. all that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we're excited for that. And there's another big one too, that's for a specific path. So if you're on the account page very specifically and you create a new order, when you save that order, it would drop you still on the account page in case you had other things you needed to do before you hopped into that. It's very simple to jump into the order, but it's it's a little bit confusing, especially for newer users when they're like, well, what just happened to the thing that I just made? Um, and so if you guys have seen that little toast message that pops up in various sections when you create an account, uh, when you create orders and some other pathways, um, you can now jump immediately to that order if you choose, or you can stay on the account if you choose. So there's a lot of quality of life things. Um, the, the big feature, like I said, there's some smaller features. It's going to be in a really, really nice release by the time it's all said and done. So on that exciting note, let's talk uh, some smug posts. Um, there was a post that came in from Matt talking about um, if there's a way to customize the order approval page or the estimate approval page, if you guys look at it that way. Um, and he was trying to find out the best way to put disclaimers in. And so there's two things kind of wanted to discuss here. Um, one is you currently aren't able to do a whole lot of customization, but there are a couple of config settings you can do on in the marketplace. Um, so you can just go to the marketplace, find that order approval, and there's some config settings in there. Um, we are likely going to expand that um, in the relatively near future. I don't have a specific date yet, which Joe and I will talk about a reason why we don't do that. Um, but that's kind of the first step is there, there are plans you know, to improve upon that a little bit. The other cool thing about this, and this is what we love about our users and what we love about the software itself, is that it's very customizable. You can do things without necessarily having that specific path. Um, and Katie jumped in and said, well, we just have a couple of line items 
that they created a package for. Um, so they're not actually selling it or anything like that. They just literally have a, just a bunch of descriptions written out and that's their disclaimer. They add that package if they want that particular disclaimer on there, send it and boom, it, it's on the order approval page. And so the cool thing about that is A, this is a great way to kind of showcase the reason why you need this. And we're, we're well aware of this. I've got all of this tracked um, in feature requests sort of in our, our backlog and I have for a little while now. Um, but it's just really, really fun to see kind of the the ways you guys are able to make things work like joe was talking about um kind of diving deep in finding that solution that might not necessarily be you know what, what you might have initially thought that was for but we have that customization available so if we're running into that issue it might be a way to solve that until uh until future releases the other one is kind of what i touched on before this one was from paul um this was sort of a a uh, fun thing where he just mentioned, what's the chance of getting the show route on Google Maps feature that's in desktop? If you guys are regular watchers of the podcast, when we did the um, schedule kind of tips and tricks a little while ago, one probably six weeks ago, maybe two months ago, um, that was a big one that we had comments on like, oh, I didn't realize you could do that. That's really, really handy. Um, and so Paul was asking about getting that on mobile. Well, if you guys noticed, we just talked about it, and that's in the upcoming release. Now, most feature requests don't have that fast of a turnaround. It just happened to be a really, really um, great time for him to ask for a couple of reasons. One, our QA guy was on vacation, so we weren't really ready to push the build yet for, for testing. Wanted to um, sneak a couple more features into this one. Um, and two, it was a relatively easy thing that I think provides a lot of value for you guys. So um, the answer to that is yes, we can, and it will be in the next release, and we're excited for that. And it kind of allows us to have a little segue about um, just talking about feature requests in general. Um, so Joe and I kind of th thought it might be a good time to just talk about kind of discuss how the implementation happens. Um, like how do we kind of plan our, our releases, how do we plan those features and so on. And, you know, just really to touch on the fact that we do appreciate the feedback. We love kind of hearing from you guys. Sometimes you guys give us detailed lists and reasons why. Um, sometimes it's just a quick and dirty like post on here, or sometimes it'll send stuff to Joe or me you know, directly. So we always appreciate that. But let's just kind of talk a little bit, about Joe, like on the feature request process. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> maybe back up a little bit. We should talk about um, the higher development process for a second. Sure. Um, 12,000 plus users, right? And so everybody has their things that they love and things that they wish would be different things, features that they wish that they would have. Uh, we get a lot of feedback. We certainly don't get all the feedback that pops into every user's head. Like that would be overwhelming, but we do have thousands of backlogged feature requests. Now our development process, which is known as agile, which I've been doing, I've been a, you know, a senior engineer now, God, I'm so old, going on 25 years. And um, in the in my previous corporate lives, the, um, the normal way of development was referred to as waterfall. And it's generally where you take an analysis team, you go identify the issue or the need of the problem, and they write up a whole bunch of software requirement specifications or what are called SRSs. You get subject matter experts and users and engineers and project managers and stakeholders all involved, and they all do this feedback. And out of this thing comes this document, right? Then that document gets handed to a project manager. <clears throat> 
project manager's responsibility is to hand that to assemble and hand that to a development team. And then the development team is supposed to take that document and create working software out of it. When we had to create everything kind of from scratch in what's known as line of business software, right? Because there's different categories of software. You got game development. You got, at that time, you had web development. You had business development. All these different categories. But for business development, um, it took a long time to do these things. The average CRM build to market was three years. We live in a totally different world now. Something that I saw early on was that engineers suck at UI design and anticipating what users' needs are, and the software requirement specification doesn't give them the insight required in order to build stuff well. To the point where USA Today did a uh, study in fiscal year 2000 and identified that four billion dollars in 1999 was wasted on failed technological software solutions in the United States alone. And that's a huge price tag. And that's not the ones that pushed it through and forced a bad solution to work. Um, Waterfall just doesn't work. Not only does it not work just because engineers don't know, but you get locked in a black box because at that time it took us so long to develop a screen or communications with the database. And where I got my jollies as a senior architect was writing software that wrote itself in real time and eliminated the need for a lot of this plumbing. And so the first version of that that I created back in 2000, 2001, um, freed up a lot of our time. And so we could develop way faster. And as a result, we got to throw away software requirement specifications and this idea of a waterfall development process because we could include the users in real time during the development. They could go away. The engineers could go away for a week, whip up a couple screens and turn back to the users and say, is this going to solve your real world problem? This is what we now know as agile, which um, only came into like a real point within the development process globally, like within the last 10 or 15 years. Um, you know, there's a handful of people that, that were surfing on that, but for the most part, everybody was waterfall up until the mid 2000s or, or even later 2000s. And what Agile says is you got to go faster, you got to get more people involved, and you have to stop making decisions that are going to be implemented years down the road. Because business changes. We live in an environment, a world that's rapidly changing. And so if you decide that you made a decision on Monday and you keep that position on Friday, regardless of what you learned on Wednesday, this is not a virtue. The scientists inside me, remember, I started as a scientist before a developer. And so the scientists inside me was screaming that we are developing software more like mystical points than actual science. Because if you're halfway through the development process three weeks in and something changes in business, the software requirement specification didn't allow for any flexibility. And so by the time the software was released, the whole world had changed and the software was obsolete before it ever got out to market. Now what you're hearing are things like from investment communities, minimum value proposition. What they're trying to do is develop a minimum amount of feature sets as quickly as possible, getting it to market to solve a specific issue and then let the market kind of dictate how the software grows. Because of my history, Service Monster was natively 
agile. Um, I, we still do things that agile doesn't do. And, and um, the frameworks that we use to develop are pretty incredible. So what does that mean in terms of service monster and you, our clients? It means we develop super duper fast. You look at some of our competitors who have five or 10 times the t- development team that we do because they have 100 times the budget and we still kick their ass. We're still better developed when we do our releases. We still have more features in our product than those teams. Why? A lot of part of it has to do with our framework and how our engineers work in this agile environment. Now, that means we change fast. And that's why we don't give timelines. Because we could be working on a project today that we shelve in two months because something with a higher priority gets presented to us. There's a new idea out or there's an idea that was old that we couldn't really figure out how to make into a system, but then some new technology came out or some paradigm shift has changed. We could adapt to that very rapidly, decide to, you know what, this is no longer the priority. We need to shift to this. Let's get this done. Um, And so that gives us a lot of flexibility and that is all driven by our users. Like Adam and I don't, I was going to say make stuff up and then just... I do that. I'm the only one in the company that can do that, which is things like the dashboard or, you know, the um, there's a number of features in there that are kind of like my brainchild because I understand the industry. But for the most part, our backlog is filled with thousands of feature requests from our users. Now, the more those feature requests get requested by a large number of people, the more likely it is for those features to get in the product which is why we love feedback from you guys. Is it likely that you're going to double our backlog? Not really. Everybody wants kind of similar things when they're in it, or maybe they come out of a class and it, and it strikes a chord in the same way. And so what that helps us to do, though, is yes, we've heard of that feedback, but it gives us a one-up tick on that particular feature set and gives it a higher priority. And so when some, you know, a group of people come in and say, we just been through this thing and we think, you know, we really need this feature and 50 people say, yes, I absolutely need this. Now, Adam and I can make the room required in our development staff in order to get that feature in for you guys as quickly as possible. So that's how we operate. We take feedback from you. It goes into a backlog. And then every two to four weeks, Adam and I look at that list and we plot it against our general roadmap that we have for the company. We check it against how it's going to affect our current users. How is it going to affect customer support? And how is it going to affect sales? Those are the three main areas, right? If it helps reduce support activity because it makes the software easier to use, that's a win. If it helps sell the product because it's a feature set maybe our competitors have that we don't have, that's a win. If it's something that you guys really need because it helps you win in business, well, if you're attributing your success in part to us, Service Monster, giving you the tools and empowering you to to do those things, that's a win. And so that's kind of how we structure our development process and um, identify which features are going in which releases. Now, some features require a lot of effort, right? So it may take an engineer three months. And that sounds like now we're slipping into a waterfall kind of frame of mind. But what you don't see behind the scenes are the sprints, the the short development time periods that we do. We'll actually create a handful of sprints internally 
so that we can test it. We can check some it. Maybe we get some beta users on it. Some people internally, uh, maybe support or sales can play with it and then provide us those feedback as we move forward. So that it's not like the developers go off for three months and we don't ever talk to them and they show up with the thing. Ta-da! And we go, uh, oh, man, <laughs> you know, we're going to have to completely rework this. Right. Our rework periods are usually one day. Ethan yesterday spent half a day or three fourths of a day on a thing. He ran into an issue. He came into my office and I solved it by completely redefining how we approach it, which cost him the three quarters of the day. He's like, I'm have to do half this crap again tomorrow. It's like, yeah, welcome to Agile. That's a good thing. You lost three quarters of a day, not three months. And so uh, so that's the process. I, I, you know, occasionally people like, why do you release? You know, why does my special feature I want in take so long? Well, maybe it's not so special to everyone else with 12,000 users. You know, we've got to focus on scale. Right. So if one person requested one obscure feature, it might be really important to you acknowledged, but it isn't important to the greater good of service monster and the service monster user base. And so that's how we focus and prioritize. Yeah. Also why we don't give deadlines. Right. I mean, it, and the not giving deadline thing is actually really hard for both Joe and I, because we get excited. I mean, I, I, I love my job because I get to do a lot of problem solving. I get it kind of, especially because I'm, you know, tied in and keyed in on the design side. There's a lot of things that I get to look into to be solving these small problems. Some of them are really difficult to just, you know, solve. So it's, you know, that critical thinking part. But the interesting part to me is that, you know, not all of this is necessarily coming directly from you guys too. Joe talks about the uh, metadata. Um, I don't want to freak anyone out by any means, but, um, you know, we also kind of try to find, you know, patterns and user behavior to see kind of where things might be going. And, and this is especially where it's like if someone might be clamoring for a feature request, which by the way, isn't always a simple thing. Like this feature request we talked about with Paul, relatively simple thing to implement. There are other things that like Joe said, could be a three month overhaul. Oh, we need, we need to have recurring payments and some other things. Okay. we got to build an engine that's going to do that. We have to make sure we have all the recurring payments set up and probably going to have, you know, an external tool that does this. There's a lot of setup that goes to that, not just the UI itself. Right. So, um, and not, not every feature request is going to be understood in that way. But my point is we also get to see some of that user behavior and we can really kind of find like strip out where you guys really need the value, where you really need to save the time, where, what needs to be efficient, what page do you care about? Are you, are you making extra trips somewhere? It's a big one that's upcoming is the quick ad. You guys uh, have been reaching out multiple times over the years about like, well, I love the quick ad, especially as it has grown and kind of turned into other things, but it's like, I have to backtrack because it doesn't have everything on the quick ad because the quick ad was initially designed for being extremely quick, having a super small glimpse of what was available on the schedule. Boom, 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 you're done. And it's really morphed into more of a sort of uh, a call center flowchart, right? That you can you know skip parts of, you can do whatever you need to do there. Um, but if you're sending your whole team there, what happens, Joe? Well, they have to go and like one, one team in particular needs to have this one field, right? Another team needs to have this other one field. And if you add all of them to the quick ad, well, it becomes less and less quick. It becomes, becomes a more, slow ad. Yeah, it becomes more and more daunting to new users, um, which is another big thing that we have to kind of uh, work towards is once you've learned a software system, if you're like a pro in Photoshop, then Photoshop can do whatever they want. And you're going to, you know, you're going to be a pro in Photoshop. If you're someone new to Photoshop, you're going to look at that and be like, oh, my God, is there a YouTube tutorial or something I can watch? I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> 
It's the same thing with you know any sort of CRM, any sort of new software. Once you've learned the in and outs, all those little things become less and less important to you. But we have to also be aware of them because a new trial user coming in, we don't want to you know throw. 80 different things at them. And they're just like, oh my gosh, I don't know what, what's, what's, what's my step two. I don't care about step 80. What's my step two. So anyways, Jonah, we've talked about this probably definitely at length, um, plenty enough, but it's incredibly interesting. Well, we love hearing that feedback from you guys. We always appreciate it. Um, I'll also reach out to you guys sometimes. I'm, I'm someone probably listening to here has definitely had conversations with me about things. Um, I love, you know, having those conversations. I loved having them on the, when I was doing onboarding, it's really kind of uh, great to see how passionate you guys are f- at finding these things, how excited you get just like Joe and I get excited when a new feature is coming, but how excited you guys get at finding, um, solutions to some of your problems. So, huh. so yeah. Boom. Kinda, One hour. There, there we go. <laughs> That's the show. Mic drop. Put on the wrap. <laughs> <laughs> and again, as always, thank you so much for your attention. Um, we hope we're bringing value. Leave us a note. Follow a little likey like. Something that tells us that you're paying attention and this is of interest to you. Um, And uh, yeah, until next time, be safe.